Have you thought this through? No way will that work. Are you sure? Is there any money in that? You'll never make any money doing that. How are you going to pay the mortgage? Just get a job. to the Savvy Entrepreneur. We are broadcasting live here from WLCB 101.5 FM. I'm your host, Doris Nagel. I'm a crazy entrepreneur, and that's why I'm here, because I love helping other entrepreneurs and telling the stories about other entrepreneurs. I've counseled lots of startups and small businesses as part of my law practice and as part of my consulting business, but I've also started or helped start at least nine different businesses. And I wish I could tell you they were all successful, but that would be a lie because I've made lots of mistakes. So my passion here at The Savvy Entrepreneur is to share what I've learned, to share some of the many phenomenal resources that are out there to help small businesses and also to tell some of the stories of entrepreneurs, both successful and not so successful. As always, I welcome your comments, your questions, and suggestions. If there's a topic you'd like to hear about, got an issue or a challenge, I'll try my best to answer it. Or if you want to be a guest or just share a great resource, email me at dnagel, N-A-G-E-L, at lakesradio.org. The show will be better for your input. And now, without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest for today, actually two guests. We will be talking with John Miller and Kevin Dastic from Miller Area Heating and Air Conditioning, and they'll share their story of some of the successes and challenges of growing their company. Miller Area Heating is a local family business. It's been around for over 75 years, so they're certainly not a startup, but entrepreneurs come in lots of sizes and flavors. Miller Area Heating is based in Grays Lake, Illinois, and was founded in 1948 by Jim and Ray Miller, two brothers. And they are one of Lake County's largest companies in the business. They've successfully passed the torch within the family throughout that time. And that's no small feat, given how difficult it often is to maintain company culture and the brand and the service over that many years. So just a few words of introduction. John Miller grew up in the family business, starting out, as he says, on the lowest rung of the totem pole. He didn't get a lot of special favors as the boss's son and describes the first few years with the business as boot camp. So I'm sure we'll hear a little more about that in a minute. And when his father passed away in 1993, John took over the reins of the company and has obviously been very successful in taking what he's learned and continuing to grow the company. Kevin Dasick has been with Miller's for 17 years, so he knows a fair bit about the business and has seen a lot over the years, too. He's been their project manager for five years. He graduated from ETI Technical School and knows all aspects of this trade. He's NATE certified, which is, he says, the highest certification you can have in this industry. John and Kevin, thanks so much for being on the show today. Welcome to the Savvy Entrepreneur. Thank you. We appreciate you yeah, having thanks us. Thanks for having us on. 
I think the place to start is to talk just a little bit about your business. Um, currently, we have 18 employees and have a service and installation department. Kevin is our uh, project manager, one of our sales consultants, so he he has a lot of experience. He's been through the entire company, right, Kev? Yeah, I've pretty much sat in every seat, everything from sitting in the office to answering phones to being out in the field, installing equipment, servicing equipment. So, yeah, I've, I've definitely seen my fair share of the HVAC industry. And I'm sure the business has changed a lot over the years, right? Talk a little bit about how it's changed. Yeah, it has. I like myself, kind of compare myself to being a dinosaur sometimes. (laughs) And I think um, our employees do every once in a while, too. And when I started, you know, there were no cell phones. I mean, we didn't even have pagers. used to run around in a service truck. And I don't. Even, we didn't even have a radio then. You'd have to stop. You knew where every phone booth was, so you could stop calling to the shop and find out where to go next. Compared yeah. to now, where the technology that's going on, and you know, I used to, I used to think of like clouds as, you know, something in the sky. And now it's like everything we do is based in the cloud. You know, our world is so connected, and our business now is. I can sit at home and see. I don't even have to be in work to see where the trucks are or what's going on or who's making what revenue and, you know, where the problems are in the company. Well, I'm sure even the whole side business of spare parts and the inventory of spare parts and knowing where they are and how much you need and predicting how much you might need has probably gotten kind of high-tech as well compared to what you used to be able to do. (laughs) It's funny that you say that because John's the type of guy that will – you could have an old something extremely old and he can go right into our gigantic parts room and he just (laughs) he finds like just things that you would never think would even exist and we always laugh about it because you could always ask john hey we need this weird part for something really odd and john can go in the back room and he'll pull out four of them and you're like where did you find that Right. Yeah, I ha- it's probably a, a more of a fault than a good thing because I have I have problems separating with certain st- things, and you know what? I every once in a while it pays off. You know, we have the part we need from something that was made forty years ago, so we can keep somebody's heat running for a day or two until we can re- replace their equipment. So we do keep a lot of that, but um, every once in a while I assign somebody to go in the back and just throw stuff out and not talk to me about it. <laughs> Because if they, they put it there and say, what should we do? I'm always like, put it keep, back on the shelf. Keep it. We might never know when we might need right. it somewhere. John, talk a little bit about how you got into this business. I know it's a family business, and you were started by your dad and your uncle, right? Right. It was, a, it was just a little shop. I mean, same place we're located now, but it was just my dad and uncle, and maybe one they might have one employee occasionally. And um, they really started out doing gutters and it's different than what is done now, I'll say that. But it was gutters and oil furnaces, and then they fabricated everything in the office. So I would just go with my dad to work on Saturday, or sometimes he'd do a night call, you know, for a no-heat call in the middle of the night, and I'd just drive around with him, and that's how I started. How old were you when you first started working with I the business? I probably have scars on my hands from 10 or 12 years old. Oh, my. You know, because you, you didn't, you know, you had to man up. You never wore gloves then, <laughs> not like now where everybody's required to wear protective equipment. Then your protective equipment was hardening your hands. Wow. And so I started doing that. I graduated from high school. 
I didn't really want to go on that path. I wanted to become a welder, and I did that for a little bit for a year. I worked for him on and off for a couple years when he needed me, and then, you know what, it was a logical path. My dad needed my help, and I liked the, I liked the trade. It was a lot easier than some other things I tried doing. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I think that's pretty normal for a family business for the son or the daughter initially to think, I want to do something else, right? Yeah. Um, I have other family members. They, they came and left through the company. You know, heating and air conditioning to me is a passion. And is that developed? And I think it's the same way with Kevin, right? I mean, it's what we do. I mean, I have it right on my office. It says, it's just HVAC. It's what we do. And it's not an easy job. It's, you know, you have to know that's what we have to do every day, whether it's raining, snowing, cold. At the end of the day, everybody has heat, everybody has cooling, and then we go home. Yeah, especially in this climate. I mean, you don't have heat for a couple of days. I know my power went out for about four hours, and I was starting to get a little nervous about would I be able to stay warm. It's it's so critical, especially for people who are compromised, for elderly people, kid, little kids. I mean, it's it it's so important. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you definitely have to have a solution for every problem. You know, someone going without heat or cooling, especially when there's medical conditions, breathing or kids or anything, newborn babies. So it's not an option to, you know, not do what you're supposed to do. You need to get out there and, and solve the problem, whether it be, you know, getting power to the home with generators or... Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's you, you really are focused on the service part of things, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what makes us one of the best companies out there is the fact that we're more service-driven than we are, you know, as far as sales and pushing new equipment on everybody all the time. I mean, we, you know, I mean, we love people to buy new equipment, but at the same time, you know, it's not always in the best interest for someone to purchase new equipment. Sometimes it's just better to repair it. And that's where we come in is where we're more of a relaxed company and we give people the option, hey, you can repair it or you can replace it. But we never, you know, put anyone into a bad position to where they have to replace things. So, Kevin, talk a little bit about how you got involved with the business. Well, my father did HVAC for a long time. He was a mechanical engineer. I was like everyone else. I got up, you know, got on the expressway at 5.15 a.m. in the morning and drove to the city. You know, I worked for a union company. And every morning I would just hear the radio station, you know, talk about ETI and and, and HVAC. And, And the more I thought about it, I knew that heating and air conditioning was a very good trade because the simple fact is you can go anywhere in the world and do it. Right. So anywhere. I mean, no matter where you go, people need heating or cooling. So it was something that I knew that was going to be something that I could progress in. So I called the school and went in, and before you know it, I was enrolled in classes and finished my nine-month program, and within a month, I started working for John. How did you find John and Miller? Um, I have a coworker that I grew up with and went to school with, and uh, she she works for John as well. And we had bumped into each other one day, and I was going to school, and John told me, "Hey, when you're done with school, give me a call." And when I was done with school, I gave him a call. <laughs> yeah, I think we met at 
up at that softball place. Yeah, we were right? playing softball too, and and we had kind of bumped into each other there. We were both managers of our teams at the time, so we kind of you know had a friendship like that as well. So I think that's pretty typical too. That a lot of small businesses find their employees through personal connections. Is that would you say that that's been true for your business too, um, John? Sometimes it's a lot harder now to find employees. It takes a long time. I, I, I'm just going to say, and in our our industry average to hire a new service technician is now over 100 days. Not people that are good at it. They're compensated and happy at their current company usually. Right, Kev? Yeah. And if they're starting out, a lot of people just don't want to do this type of work. It's 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 a great career. You make money right away when you're out of high school. You do need to to do what Kevin did and go to you know an accredited HVAC school. Although we've hired people just on their personality and they work out, and we'll train them. I mean, we train everybody. One of the things that is pretty clear to me just in the few minutes in chatting with you is the people skills are so important because if your differentiators, if you will, is the service aspect of it, you need people with great people skills because you can have the best technician probably, but if they're not relating to the people and the clients that you're serving, it might be challenging, I imagine. Yeah, it is. Um, you know what? Kevin is nodding. Yeah, yeah. well, it's you can't. Yeah. You know, that's you, a struggle. You all out the there time. in Radioland can't see it, but right. Kevin is nodding yeah, badly. You know, yeah. I think we have our. That's probably the strong point of our company is the customer service skills. But you know, it's hard to keep that up every day, and sometimes you'll have an employee lapse a little bit, and we just retrain. That's all. Yeah, it's tough. It's, it is because it's like John was saying is it's a very difficult business. I mean, this there's no rest. It's twenty four hours a day seven days a week i mean your your furnace and your air conditioner don't, don't say hey it's christmas we're gonna work great and everyone's gonna be happy i was up today at 4 45 in the morning because my phone went off and we have a cascading phone system at work that will call when somebody calls them with a problem it'll automatically dial the on-call technician and if he doesn't answer within five minutes it comes to me and my phone Aww. kept ringing and i'm like all right so then i had to get up Oh, so Take this the is, call. This I is mean, like nine one one for HVAC. It is. Right? It is. Good so way it to say it, and right? if I'm out of town, then usually it's it'll be Kevin or Paul, our install manager, or somebody else takes what I do. And because a, a technician, we sleep too, but we're on call. <laughs> so it like you know, people don't just don't hear their phone. Then it comes to me, and then I have to decipher whether it's a true emergency with the customer. I mean, at five o'clock in the morning, they were actually able to wait till until 8.30 or 9 today. <laughs> wow. So what kinds of clients do you work with? Do you do mostly residential or mostly commercial or kind of a mix of everything? Um, yeah, I would say that we're we're a real big residential, um, a residential company. I mean, we do have commercial clients and do deal with commercial and things like that. But, you know, the residential end of it is huge. I mean, it Would will... you say it's maybe... 80% of the business or 75? Nine, I'd say 90. 90, yeah. 90 wow. residential. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And of your customers, are most of them long-term customers? 
customers? Well, we're always looking for new customers. I mean, that's a, a for sure thing. I, I will say that being part of Miller's for the last 17 years, I have seen a lot of things. I've seen customers that have had babies and then now they're driving. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's it, kind it, of frightening. It, yeah, I know. Right. Talk about it. You feel old. But I mean, it's it's good to see that because we're a very family orientated company. So we try to treat, you know, all our customers like family. You know, we try to be fair to everybody and things like that. And, you know, it's 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 a nice thing. But I would say that we have a lot of customers. I mean, I, I hear it still to this day where people will talk about John when he was a little kid and his dad would be yelling at him down the stairs. <laughs> and so you, you do see a lot of that. And it's it's really cool to see a company that has got customers for 30, 40, 50 years. That's a rare thing in today's environment. And there's more than a few stores whose names we all grew up with that are no longer with us because they couldn't keep customer loyalty. It seems to me you, you probably have two challenges. One is to keep existing customers happy because they're kind of the foundation of most small businesses anyway. How do you go about keeping your long-term customers loyal? Honestly, it's simple. You just be honest. You know, you just, you're fair and you treat people the way you'd want to be treated. You know, I mean, it's it's unfortunate because most of the time when we do see people, it's usually bad news, you know? <laughs> so, Well, not yeah. always, but it is it's <laughs> yeah. like, that's what I, you know, I don't really go out and sell anymore, but I think Kevin will agree. We are a company. I mean, in any business, no matter what it is, you're selling your product. Yeah. You could be whatever. You're always, you, you know, always you have to sell. I mean, I do it every day, even though I'm not really doing what Kevin does on a daily basis. But to go out to somebody's house when they have no heat and it's 10 degrees out, and we have to Tell them sell them a new a furnace. New furnace. Yeah, and, I've been there. Been you know, there. And not it's fun. not a good thing. Mm-mm. And it's all. And then make sure because. Everybody will have those feelings of, are you taking advantage of me? Right. And it's just like, nope, we're, this is what we do, you know, and it's a hard yeah. thing compared to the other sale where somebody's planning in advance and you're going out and you have to sell yourself and you're going against competition and, and they have, you know, they have choices at that time. Yeah. I and mean, everybody always has choices, but time becomes critical in yeah. our business. Two o'clock in the morning when yep. you have no heat and, you know, your family's freezing and it's... Yeah, we've heat. both done a lot of night service yeah. work. I'm not even sure all the companies that I've worked with would even have that available, so... We're 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There's always somebody yeah. somewhere available and somebody else, which could be me or Kevin, backing them up. Wow, know. that's pretty amazing. How do you find new customers um, for the most re- part? What, what's been, what's worked the best for you? Um, referrals are probably the number one thing. The other, I mean, obviously now, again, I'll bring up my dinosaur motion, but you know, the, <laughs> the whole Google thing is what I call it. You know, we have, my wife runs that. We solicit Google reviews all the time and website reviews and they're reviewed daily. I mean, literally and responded to daily and, 
It takes and a lot of time. Oh, to that's do a big job, media, and it's right. that's, not, it's that's a, something a lot of companies. It's necessary because that's I, where I was surprised when yeah. I started doing that yeah. with, with one of my couple of my businesses. But again, it takes that's, a lot of time. Yeah, that's a job that doesn't have to be done in the office. You can almost do it from your cell phone. So it is, you know, it is fine. But I will sit at home. I mean, I can say even over Thanksgiving weekend, well, Kevin was out of town. <laughs> so, I, you know, I'm just, while on my day off, you know, answering emails from people that are looking for, you know, work and scheduling it for the next week. So it's it's all the time. I mean, you don't have to do it all the time. But if you want to grow your company, if you don't respond in, in today's market, it's over with immediately. They're, they're going somewhere else. Yeah, just pick up a phone book and look, and there's, you know, if you could find and, a phone yeah, book. Yeah, right. right? Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's quite a few companies out there that, yeah. I mean, you can. It's a competitive space. No it question is. about it. It is, absolutely. So, what makes a great customer? If you could fill your roster with a customer that looks like this, what what would that customer be? What I, what makes a great customer? I would say somebody who appreciates good service. They're they know the value of what they're paying for, right? I think yeah. that would be it. And somebody's that is going to be strange, but. It's nice. I mean, it, it's it's always good to deal with people. I don't. And and if I if you have a problem with your service, just give me a call. I mean, any of us, just call in and say, hey, this doesn't seem right to me. The product isn't working. I mean, we aren't perfect. I don't think anybody is. But just be honest instead of putting out a bad review, you know. And 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 that that's what we're looking for. Well, I think you've kind of alluded to the flip side of what makes a really bad customer. I don't know if I want a to misinformed talk. customer. customer yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, the internet is a great thing, but it also is like, okay, you can buy the widget that I'm going to put in for twenty five dollars, but right. the reality is, it costs me a lot per hour to put that truck out there to deliver that widget, and he had that widget, and he had it at two in the morning, and we put it in, and yes, it did cost you a lot of money, but. That's the service you paid for. The part is just a little tiny thing of what we do. It's everything else that goes into making that the process and the and the backup. The, it's the solution, right? That you're yeah, providing yes, the exactly. As opposed to a part, yeah. right? You know, we aren't a wholesale company. If you want to buy that widget, then go online, get it delivered the next day, and hope your pipes don't freeze. And we're fine with that, but. So have you ever had to tell a customer, thanks, but no thanks? Like, what do you mean? Well, one that was just more trouble than they were worth. (laughs) That's a tough one because, you know, I have personally seen John and Kurt, you know, do a lot for customers. I mean, it would take a lot for them to, to say, hey, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. So that rarely happens it has happened yeah. but not very often yeah it's pretty rare i mean we yeah. usually believe it or not yeah we usually find a solution we find that if you you have a problem and we just and and we talk about it we can usually come out to a reasonable solution where where we're both satisfied you know with the situation but there there are some people that it's just not going to work with yeah well i i Going back to the people skills we talked about, I'm sure you need to bite your tongue probably oh, yeah. fairly often. Yeah, you get some upset people. I'll tell you what, though. I'd rather deal with someone that is cold 
than someone that is hot. Because you get a customer who you're has talking a, not about temperature, temperature wise, Cold customers want to hug you when you help them, you know. <laughs> but a hot customer, when they've been sweating in their house yeah. all day, oh, I get to. Yeah, they a uh, little more difficult. It's it's harder in our office when it's hot outside dealing with people than cold because people will can always throw on a sweater, kind but of chill out, maybe, chill, huh? Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> when it's hot, there are tempers are are angry like why can't you make it here in one hour and it's like well we have 40 other people ahead of you it might take a few hours john talk a little bit about some of the challenges that you've dealt with over the years that that you've seen the business deal with not so much the angry customer but just in terms of growing the business scaling the business growing from two men in a truck to a fairly complicated business with 18 employees. Yeah, I think there's always stops. And in in our industry, there's walls you run into. We just call them a wall, and it's usually a a management wall. And you'll run into it where a person can only manage four or five people. Correct. And then you have to to put more, more people in place. And there are simple, you know, there are steps that we did. I am not business educated formally, but I will tell you that and Kevin's seen it. I've gone through the school of hard knocks, learning how to do it. And, and I, I do take business training all the time. I mean, I, you know, not only do we train our employees, but I, I'm always training, monthly training on business and analyzing what's going on. But it, in order to grow it, you needed more sales. So we hired a salesperson and put somebody in that position. Then, in a, then you need, now you have more sales, you need more installers. So you hire an installer and then you need, you know what I mean? We need more leads, so we market for service calls because you can get leads. Uh, you know, you you see what people need and you can sell it. And then you need more work, and you, now you have you know more employees. Like Kevin was a, at that time, you were doing service, right? Yeah. And so we started moving him into sales and sending him around the country to train. You know, with different trainers to do that. So then he moved up to being a sales consultant and a project manager and then again now that we're selling more you need more installers and then you get more installers and then you need somebody to manage them which which is where i am right now is training an install manager so i'm out of that position and i can go just be the general manager or not you know because i i wear a lot of hats still well, and all, my, all small business people do and that's actually i think one of the biggest challenges at least that i personally have found is that you have to wear a lot of hats, and we're not all good at all those hats. No, and you have to know what you're good at. I mean, it, it, that's I think the trick. It's like, well, I can do this, and I can do that. But the reality is, to be successful, you have to say, well, what can I? What am I good at? Well, I might be good at numbers and analyzing stuff, but I'm not good at really. You know, I might not be the best salesperson. You know, where you know I was a service technician, right, Kevin? I mean, I could fix anything. That was what my skill level is. And when people enter this business, and I, I talk to small companies when I meet them at seminars, and I'm like, do you still drive a work truck? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, do you still carry your toolbox? And, I'm, and they'll be like, yes. And I'm like, I will give you the one piece of advice that I learned a long time ago. Take that toolbox and put it in your garage so you can work at stuff at your house hire somebody to do the work and that's that's how you grow you have to get rid of those things toolbox is just an acronym for anything else that i do it is that toolbox if it's in my truck 
You, I'll go say, I'll fix it. <laughs> your fingers are just twitching. Right. To me. You know, and Kevin's the, Kevin still carries his tools because, you know, he has to do a little bit of that every once in a while. Right? I mean, yeah. You know, but you don't do it very often. It's like, oh, once in a while or to fix little stuff. But So what's been the hardest thing to let go of? Because you can't do everything and you can't wear all the hats and do everything by yourself and still be able to scale and grow. Some of the decision making, I guess, because you're afraid people won't make the decision you want made. And they probably won't sometimes. Yeah, and they won't. You have to live yeah. with it and, and realize that sometimes you just have to let it go and, you know, train them up and kick them out and let them take over. Would and that's you, where I am right now. Would you, I mean, would you say that's one of the hardest things about growing the business? Um, yeah, the other thing is probably for me is there are two things that in my position now I have to either work on the business or in it. So in order to grow it, I have to work on it. But there are certain things that I still have to do to work in it. And when I work in the business as an employee, not much moves forward, you know. But when I work on it, that's when we, you know, and that means just handing off projects to people. I did it yesterday. I'm like, here, I just started handing off all all my jobs to, to Kevin and Holly in the last few days because I don't have time to, to do right by the customer. Who helps remind you? How do you help catch yourself? Because we all fall into what's comfortable for us. Um, my wife will remind me quite often that, I am not working on the company. Now I've gotten to the point where, you know, I just have a list in the morning. I literally have like three or four lists and some of them direct me. I have just the deal right away in the morning. I look at my list and, and it sounds crazy and it's so simple. It just says, it just says sales, service, install, accounting and warehouse. And it just means that I have to hit all those areas every day. You know, and it might be sales. Do we have leads? It could be install. Did I talk to them today? Are they, you know, what's going on? So I know. Service. Do we have enough calls? Are we tracking their, their numbers? Accounting. Oh, the bookkeeping thing is just like endless questions and training going on there. And, and then, you know, once I make it through that, I do, you know, I work in the company for a little bit. And then I just pick out which area of the company I'll work on. Am I going to train my dispatcher? Am I going to train my install manager? Am I going to talk to Kat? Does Kevin or Holly need me? Not that they need me that often, but right. But yeah. sometimes, you know what? I've done it for a long time. So there, there's a skill set that I have that I try to pass on to other people. So we all rely on John pretty often. Don't let him fool you. He's still loved and needed every day. He, he is. He's. He's probably one of the most passionate people I've ever met in this industry. So it's it's a good thing, and it's it's an honor to be able to work with someone like John with his skills and the history and, you know, the experience. I mean, it's, you know, someone that's been in this trade for, you know, 50-plus years. is it's, it's amazing to have that type of mentor above you and be able to go to because there's a lot of things out there that are very – it's difficult. It's a, you know, that you run into all kinds of problems and just things aren't the way they used to be or houses aren't built the same way. And, you know, you need people to help you. And John's a really good person to come to and always, and I mean, always has a solution to everything. Yeah, we did. We solved the problem the other day with, you know, and it's a great customer. 
I probably, my father probably put in their first, first furnace when they bought the house. I put in their second one. Kevin put in their third one. Was it last year? The one that wouldn't heat? Yeah. And it's like they kept having problems and, and I thought it was over. I mean, I, I, you know, I track what's going on, but you know, Kevin's like, you're, Kevin came to me and said, we have to go out to there. This house still does not heat. Oh, and no. and they're like, we need a bigger furnace. And I'm like, if we put in a bigger furnace, it's going to blow the doors off the house. <laughs> so yeah. we went out. I'd like, okay, you know, I'm like, let's schedule it for Friday. I'll think about it. And when Friday came along, we went out there and you went in the crawl space. Kevin went in there, not pleasant, nope. to look and see if ductwork was disconnected. And sure enough, it was. And I ran around the outside of the house and found... um the crawl space vents open, which I would highly suggest if you have a crawl space, close your vents in the winter because it's hard to hard to heat the world with your furnace. There's a free tip for <laughs> yeah. you. Right. And right. We sealed that up and took care of it that afternoon, and boom, it was done. But that problem was like, yeah, it was it was, it was mind boggling. You know, it was mind boggling because you, you focus so hard on on the piece of equipment, you know, and the customer will always be saying. It worked before you did this. Yeah. But, you know. You broke it. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, you hear that quite a and bit. So we took care of it. It was hat and then everything worked. It was a good victory. Those are the victories that make you feel good when you're done with them. You're not happy that they're coming up. You're not happy you have to go out and deal with it. But when you fix it, it's like victory. Yeah. So it's always a solution. You may not, we may not like what we have to do, you know, either financially or work wise, but. We always find a way. Or crawling in a really tight crawl space. Yeah. Mm. That's no one's been in in probably 25 years. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, not nice. No, not nice. You know, a couple things come up in, in listening to your story. The first one is how do you keep and maintain the company culture that you've so carefully built and worked so hard to build as you grow? Yep. Well, we have a mission, vision, and value statement. And before every meeting, it could be a sales meeting, it could be service meeting, office meeting, whatever meeting. When you have a meeting, you re- we read. You know, somebody is assigned to read it. And and it is. It seems like I will say this that at first it was felt like it was a little corny when we did it. And <laughs> yeah. It's part of our business training in it. But as you do it, you know, I sit there and I just walk up every day and I look at it. You know, Kevin can go ahead and read it. Yeah, and, I mean, and we try to live we up. live by our mission. And, and what um, is it? Well, our mission statement is Miller's Area Heating will deliver professionally installed, expertly serviced HVAC equipment with fair pricing to sustain the lives of our employees and provide maximum cost-effective comfort to our valued customers. Wow. Was that something that uh, a group of employees came up with? That was actually, um, my wife and I came up with that. I mean, we worked on it, you know, it's a project of ours. We worked on it for a while and we had, you know, another company review it. And I think we probably talked to it. She may have talked to a couple employees for input here and there. But, uh, you know, when it's a powerful statement. It is. And and it defines our company. Excellent. And if you can walk in... And you can live by that during the day. You know, that's what we're doing. Yeah. So you alluded to another challenge that I know a lot of businesses struggle with. And that is 
you you mentioned how originally the company used to make all the equipment. Well, now I'm sure you don't manufacture all the air conditioning units and and thermostats and other equipment that you sell or or use in the business. How do you find great suppliers, and how do you manage those? Um, well, it's usually through relationships. We sell train equipment. We love their brand. They treat you know us very well as a, a dealer. We're one of the largest train dealers in the Chicagoland area, so that becomes relatively easy. They just treat you know the relationships we have with their distribution channel and the man- management is is second to none. They just take care of us. I mean, it if sounds, we have a it sounds problem, like you share a similar company culture, right? We do absolutely. Yeah, they, yeah, we do. And if there's a problem, they'll step up and take care of it. Or a lot of times we just share sharing the um, the cost of the solution, and it, it it works out well. The other distributors we do deal with other ones. Sometimes it's basically just a cost issue, but the formula would be cost plus delivery plus you know solutions to problems equals you get our business. Yeah, that's a, maybe a more transactional kind yes. of supplier, where if their cost goes up too much. We'll just go somewhere else. Go somewhere else. But it sounds like with Train, for example, they're more of a partner. Is that fair to characterize it that way? Uh, Yeah, I would say that's actually pretty pretty accurate. I mean, they they have to be our partner. We, you know what I mean. For everything to work right and correctly, everybody has to work together. Just the smallest little hiccup in a chain can cause a lot of disruptions and problems. Well, I could see how it could be really easy because, as you say, mostly a lot of people call you when things are going wrong. Right. I mean... Yeah, no one ever calls us just to say hi. Well, yeah. (laughs) Sometimes. I'm sure you have customers who are on an annual or a biannual, you know, checkup program like I have. But a lot of times you get customers who are not very happy. They're kind of stressed, and so... It's pretty easy to start pointing fingers at that point. Yeah. And that sounds like you work really hard not to drop into that. Well, it's one of the big obstacle is, you know, a lot of people will open up their paper and they'll see $49 cleaning or a $2,500 furnace and air conditioner installation. I've seen that. I can just tell you that's not true. No one's going to sell you a furnace and air conditioner for twenty five hundred bucks. It's a gimmick. <laughs> okay, it's to get folks. You... Tip number two. <laughs> right, number right. Two. It, it's a it's a gimmick. It's an advertising. It's it's a great advertising because people talk about it. So obviously it's it's working. But you know that's the problem is is it's education wise is people think that for forty nine dollars or fifty nine dollars someone's gonna come out and clean their furnace or clean their air conditioning. I I can promise you if you're paying forty nine dollars or fifty nine dollars, you're not getting an air conditioning or a furnace cleaning. You're getting somebody out there who's looking for a reason to try to sell you something. That that's a pretty harsh reality there. It is. But I agree, there's a lot of unfortunately companies that it's not limited to your industry that do a bait and switch kind of approach to things. Absolutely, very, very common. You see it all the time, and it's it's definitely a, a struggle. Yeah, I'm sure because it requires education, and it does. Not everybody 
It does. Has the patience for that or wants to hear that. Yeah. Well, it's sad because we live in a world where sometimes, where most of the time, that cost is the biggest factor in a decision. It's a challenge because you're selling a solution, not necessarily a product. And the solution has service and support and other things that go into it. And exactly, it's a little difficult to convince people to compare a a pure product with a solution. Right. And it's also the education-wise of the people that are coming into your home as well. You know, I mean, we're playing with gas and electricity. I mean, there's no, it's it's not, don't, it's, yeah. It's don't not, screw up. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Serious business. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could, I mean, you could really, you know, kill somebody if you make a mistake or really hurt somebody. You know, it's it's it needs to be done by a professional and there's a lot of people running around that are small guys and 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 no no offense everyone deserves the right to work but there's a lot of guys who are working out of their house they have no insurance no license nothing and it it's hard to compete with that when you have people who you know will do the job for almost nothing because there's no overhead there's no responsibility if something goes wrong they just turn their phone off and that's that it's over right some words of wisdom there absolutely John, what would you say some of the goals are for your business? You've seen it grow and change a lot. Where do you see it heading? And where would you like it to be in five years? Well, I'm kind of having fun right now growing it. You know, what I said before about running into a wall, I I ran into a wall again. You know, and you can can see what's happening. And so it, it gets you a little bit into the entrepreneurial side. I'm like... Am I satisfied here? The problem with staying at the same level is overhead always overcomes, you know, a business. If you don't grow, you just will go backwards. So my plan is to continue to grow the company right now. It's kind of exciting, you know, training people to do their jobs. I'm getting a little impatient because I'm getting a little older, but I am definitely, even though I call myself a dinosaur, I'll say that again. I'm definitely not done. I just want, you know, I have a goal set. I want to get the company to the point where I'm just an owner and not, you know, just a manager of managers. And that's my goal. Talk, a, I... talk a little bit more about that because I think that's a pretty fundamental shift for most people who have built a business or tried it to is, build a business. It um, is. I know companies and I've talked to them who've done it. It's, it's hard to get there because you want to work. If that, you know, I'm a worker. I was right. Yeah, we're just yeah. workers. I mean, well, you know, we're from the generation nice that was to trained to work. It's nice you know? to be appreciated too. And when you step back, you don't get all those daily smiles from the customer. Well, every time you step, and... every time I step back further, you're 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 getting further away from the customers. I mean, and as I do that, I still go out. I mean, I'll run out to the jobs we're putting stuff in every about one or two days a week and say hi to the customers and just sit there and talk with them but it's not like the old days when i when i was the only service technician and i'd go clean furnaces and you do the same like kevin said it's the same customers year after year right and a lot of them i'd come in and, and they'd make me breakfast and it was like, oh my goodness it was just like it was so much fun to do that and you remove yourself from that but you, there is the other side of life where you don't have to make not just daily decisions or hourly decisions, but decisions by the minute, you know, what I'm trying to get away from. Well, you're allowing other people to grow, too, that, yes. by doing that. Yeah, and it, it, people have to have, I, I want my employees to have a path towards towards a better life. That's all. And that's a, a, 
good to hear that because it's like when you know I I sit back and I think and I started with Miller's when I was really young I was 23 and I mean I've like grew and and you know had a family and have a I have a life I've built a life in this business so not only that I just work there but they've provided me a possibility not a possibility but a an opportunity to create a life for myself and and right. And there's a lot of guys there that have families and wives and children, and, and they all take care of their families by doing this. So your employees are good employees because they care about their jobs. They're supporting their families. They're you know, doing things that families should do because they have a great job and they're being paid well and things like that. So it's important. You don't have you know, an average guy just coming into your house who doesn't really care you know, he's just there to make a couple dollars and go home where you have employees here where they care and it, it's pride. And I'm guessing you that you're not alone, Kevin, that have fairly long tenures with the company. We do. We do. We have quite a few employees that are 10 yeah. plus years. Yeah. Holly has been the longest. I think she's there probably a year longer than you. I think it's two years. Or I think two, she's yeah. going on 19 years. I should know all these numbers perfectly, but she, no, she'll no. remind me. Yeah. When I forget. But, just, you know, just, a, you know, <laughs> it, it, you know, Holly started off as, you know, just a dispatcher. I mean, she answered phones and then she got into the accounting a little bit and then she moved over into sales and she's been doing sales for a long time. So every person is growing they started off you know doing something you know i started off carrying someone's tools i think that has to be a differentiator for your company because i'm guessing in the business in general there's a fair bit of turnover there is in our company you know we we treat our employees like family i get we get up i get up every morning and i know there's probably between you know employees spouses children and occasionally a grandchild, I am supporting <laughs> like a hundred people. What I, the decisions I make affect a hundred people that day. Yeah, no Their pressure. Their lives are counting on, on me making sure everything goes right. And that doesn't include, you know, the, the hundred people that are involved in the work we do that day and their safety and well-being. So every yeah. day. And I, I learned a while ago, I heard from a great speaker and he just said, never give up. And that's, that's what it's all about. Just never give up when you get up in the morning, go to work. Some days I know because I, I track numbers a lot, we aren't going to win today. Or maybe we have a good shot at winning, but we do everything we can to recover if we're going to have a bad day and just put up, pull it together. Because every day isn't a great day at work. Some days are. They're awesome. But You've spent most of your life building this company successfully, and it sounds like you have a lot to be very proud of and to be grateful for. At some point, though, you're going to want to step back from the business. How do you envision that change taking place? I've changed my mind on that probably 10 times. Um, so, you know, we're in the process. Part of the process of being able to step back is to grow the business. Right. I mean, you had to go one way or the other. So we're pretty heavily involved in that right now. And that's not as easy as you think, as everybody thinks. They're like, well, all you got to do is hire people. Well, it's hard to hire people. It's hard to hire the right people. You need to have the work. But we do have a plan for growth. And, you know, if we can accomplish that, yes, eventually I have to quit working. You so know, there, so but there's it no. It would be okay to be an owner and not be, you know, and just manage managers instead of technically working in the company. Well, if I understand you right, though, 
it's not a situation like you inherited where there's no John Jr. who's the natural heir apparent that's being groomed for the for the position. It's you're going to you have to go about the transition differently. Yeah, and and we look into that. We've been looking into that, but it, it's not an easy decision. You know, at some point, you know, I I do see myself um <laughs> living in a warm climate. <laughs> in a nice house yeah, with a nice. lake and my boat right there and being only like three hours from the nearest ski hill so I can go jump in a car and drive and ski for the weekend. Yeah. Well, it's a, a different kind of challenge. Obviously, transferring a business within the family has a set of challenges, which I'm sure you lived and breathed and can talk probably all kinds of stories about yes it that's not always the easiest thing anyway i mean you know I, when i started i was not i was not trained for the task at hand okay and i made a lot of mistakes that cost a lot of money but as you know what I was told a long time ago by one of my mentors he's like when i made a mistake that cost our company and their company a lot of money he's like Everybody pays for their education, and it is the truest thing in the world. If you don't know what you're doing and you go about doing it, you're going to learn the hard way. If you go to school, you're going to pay for that education, and you you're still going to learn the hard still, way. No exactly. You, know, you may still make a lot of mistakes. It just gives you a guideline, that's all. Yeah. So if people are interested in reaching you, we're, we're almost out of time. If people are interested in contacting you to learn more about your products and services, what's the best way for them to reach you? Well, you can always call us directly. Like I said, like you said earlier, we're downtown Grays Lake, 112 Center Street. You can be contacted, 847-223-0211, anytime. Um, we're open six days a week. And they can ask for John or Kevin? You can ask for John or yep. Kevin. Absolutely. We're okay. always in there. You and know. you've got a website, too. We do. It is www.millersareaheating.com. Or just Google us because we have so many reviews. Hopefully we come up. <laughs> and hopefully they're good reviews, right. too. Yeah. Well, they are. Yes. Most of our reviews are good. But you know what? The, occasionally you do have a bad one, and that's just a, a training and learning opportunity. That's Absolutely. the way we look at that it. That is a phenomenal way to look at it. Thank you both so much, John and Kevin, for being with us today. Thank it was you for really having fun us. having you and learning Thank you. more about your business and, and hearing the stories. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, that's our show for this week. Thanks so much for listening. And thanks especially to our guests today, John Miller and Kevin Dastic from Miller Area Heating and Air Conditioning. You can find more helpful information about entrepreneurships and business on my law website, which is forsythialaw.com, or my advisory services site, globalocityservices.com. There's a library of blogs, tools, podcasts, and all sorts of other free resources. Don't forget to email me with topics, challenges, possible guests, or just to shoot the breeze. Dnagel at lakesradio.org. Be sure to join us next week when our studio guest will be Michael Kassler. He's the owner and founder of a tech support company called 43 Folders Technology Solutions. He'll share the story of how he built his business as well as share a number of tips on how to build and maintain a great website that works for you. Almost every business needs a website these days, and there are so many choices that it can be overwhelming. 
and also, frankly, a lot of people who will take your money and not do a very good job. So this is a chance to hear some no-nonsense tips from one of the best in the business, so don't miss that. And until then, happy entrepreneuring.